Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And this week we have a theme for you. We're bringing back the themes I've a little missed bit. missed them. Yeah, me too. When we can do them, we do them. Other times we get to our listener picks. Yeah, our listener mm-hmm. picks. Because if you're a Patreon of ours and you send us a case suggestion, that gets priority. So we cover those over themes. But this week, actually we did have a listener. Mine was a listener pick that like led into Mm -hmm. this whole theme so we'll get to that our theme this week is pregnant but not expecting and they were not expecting they were not expecting dun 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 and today amber is going to tell us a story i am going to tell you a story it's unfortunately not a good story i think we know that coming into crime curious when when you click on a true crime podcast you're not expecting rainbows and butterflies you're not gonna get a happy ending no and that is the case with our two teenagers today i'm going to tell you about amy grossberg and brian peterson okay are you familiar i'm not So I think, I feel like this is a unique case in the sense that we're not going to be talking about kids that grew up in poverty, that were struggling. Um, This is actually a case that's involving two pretty good kids that were pretty, you know, normal life circumstances that just went terribly wrong. Okay. So. Interesting. I'm going to tell you a little bit about them. Unfortunately, with this case, I didn't find a lot of good stuff on each one of them. So I'm just going to give you the backstory of them and their relationship. You were saying that all the tons of articles that you were reading and stuff that you were doing, it just seemed to be very repetitive information. I hate it when that happens, but sometimes it just is what it is. Like the information that's available is what it is sometimes. Yep. And that's, that was the case. I mean, it's still a good case and, and I wanted to do it. But I wanted more on them, which mm-hmm. I've, I feel like that's happened with the last couple. I know. With mine. And it's just sometimes people's backgrounds just not readily available. But they're not there. So Amy Grossberg and Brian Peterson, they both grew up in wealthy homes. They both grew up in New Jersey. They met at Ramapo Regional High School. Mm. It That's in Franklin Lakes, New Jersey. It sounds fancy. This place is fancy. So everything I read about this area, we have million dollar houses. We have beautiful golf courses. We have, as a golfer now, I would love to, you of know, course. see those. But we should post a picture for people <laughs> to see our my our our first outing. We should golfing. not my fun. first outing, but but me yes, introducing mine. you. Now I can say I golf. You're you're an athlete now. <laughs> yes, I am. So yeah, there were. I mean, this place is made of money. Um, okay, definitely. Which I <laughs> wonder if that right there actually contributed to a lot of the problem. I, you know, that is part of the debate with this case. Actually, okay, these families were not hurting or wanting mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. anything. So their relationship was pretty classic teenage. Um, as they say, courtship, proms, yearbook photos. Um, you know everything. In this town was above average, so, I mean, it was, like, normal stuff, but, like, way better. Okay. <laughs> Beverly way Hills more 90210. Oh, yeah, that's probably a good comparison. Okay. Amy excelled at art and French, and, and Brian was a classic, like, captain of the football team, 
golf team. You know, he was oh, a he was a golfer. Guy. Sure. Okay. They both grew up with money. They brought. I don't know if they lived in mansions, but I'm assuming they lived in really nice houses. Mm-hmm. Read that she drove like a white Cherokee that was super nice and. So wow. you get the picture. I do. All the things that were in my diary when I was yeah, 13. that I dreamed you know? of right. that I couldn't have. Right, right. Amy Grossberg's father owned a large uh, furniture business, and her mother was an interior designer. Okay, that Jealous. just screams schwank right yeah. there. Schwank. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Brian Peterson's mother and stepfather ran a successful video rental business, which it wasn't I Blockbuster, missed. was it? Yeah, I hope it wasn't <laughs> because it would be around no longer. Right, right. I miss v- renting videos. I know. I was just thinking about that the other don't day. Don't miss actually. the late fees when I didn't return them, no, though. No, no. The two of them dated in high school and they actually stayed together even after they graduated. They both went on to different schools, different colleges. So in September, Amy and blah, 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 blah. If I didn't mention. This is 1996. You did not mention. And I apologize. When you said video rental store, I was thinking we're in the 90s. We're in the 90s. I was waiting for you. We have dated ourselves so bad on this episode already. I mentioned 90210 and video. You mentioned video rentals. See, we already, before I even mentioned it, we were back in in our glory days. (laughs) But yes, this is circa 1996 that this case takes place. Okay. So in September, Amy enrolled as a freshman at the University of Delaware, and Brian Peterson had enrolled at college in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. I didn't okay. catch the university that he went to, um, but he so they okay. were a couple hours apart. Yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, as college was starting, they find themselves in a not-so-desired situation. When Amy left for college in the late uh, summer, she was six months pregnant. Oh, so clam bakes at the clam bakes. Yes. Really got her, huh? So at the time, you know, when they were going to college, so he would come on the weekends and visit her. Visit her. Six months pregnant? Was she hiding this? She was hiding it. She was a super tiny uh, girl from what I read. She wore, wore a size one pant. Yeah. Maybe something you can relate to. But For sure. And how are you still hiding it? It's <laughs> like a size two at least <laughs> in itself. Well, that's what I'm thinking is that like how like me as six months pregnant looked like an absolute beached whale compared to my typical size. Yeah, it always amazes me how people are able to do this because at six months pregnant, I was like a small house. Yeah. Like I a, just, you know, a modular like home. You just honestly, when you're a size one, three months pregnant, people can tell. I would think so when you don't have a lot of Yeah, like all of a sudden on. you've got a bump there and it it just, you know, people are like, hmm, have a few too many cheeseburgers this mm-hmm. week or... Do you, I, you need to take a number two? Yeah, What's exactly. Going on? She's constipated. <laughs> she needs a fiber supplement. Yes. She'll be fine. Yes. So, I, yeah, I don't know how she did it either, hmm. but I did re- read that she... Wore a lot of baggy clothes, sure. and so she was able to conceal it. I, maybe be being the only tiny way. with a sweatshirt on or something. Right. I don't know. There was no way I could have concealed mine, but. No. I, I mean, I guess I could have with baggy clothes, but then wearing such oversized clothing would have raised suspicion with my family for sure. I would think so. And so one thing that I did read was that she 
didn't make the effort as much to conceal the pregnancy at school. And oh, one sure. of her, I, I think, former friends or dorm mates quoted, she wore tight shirts. She didn't hide it. And that was Seth Chorba. Okay. Um, he, uh, who lived on the same floor. Okay. But at home, it was big. Cl- okay. So my, my understanding is that as far as family and friends back home, she avoided them as much as she could. Okay. Which is probably easier to do when you're away at school. At college. So yeah. that for that nine months of time, she would avoid her family as much yeah. as possible. Just busy with school. And All right. Yep. Okay. That, that makes more sense to me. Seth Chorba also said that nobody approached her about the issue because they respected her privacy. Right. You know, she wasn't hiding it, but I don't think that she was really talking about the pregnancy that much either. Well, and there's nothing more embarrassing than being like, when are you expecting? And it's like, I'm sorry, this is the freshman 15. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. And so I think that might have been part of it, too, if she wasn't saying she was pregnant. Maybe people didn't really know. No. For sure. The head needs to be crowning before I'm asking somebody when they're due. <laughs> Absolutely. I do not. And even then, I want to hear a cry yeah, before exactly. I actually ask. I stay as far away from that as possible. I have been present with someone who uh, said congratulations to no. a, a cashier at a store. No. Who was very confused when he said that. And no. it wasn't good. No. No. She was just like. No. And it was a male. It even was a worse. male. Oh, shit. No. I walked away dying mm-hmm. inside mm-hmm. for her and for myself. Of because course. Because it was so, so awkward. And I would have been like grabbing a pack of gum. And pretending like you were checking out separately from that man yes. and been like, I don't Who know. Are you? I don't know what that dude's problem is, but you look fantastic. And then took a different exit if you could out the store. Like just yeah. and never see him again. Right. <laughs> pretend like you did not know it. That's how bad it was. Yes. It was it was so horrible. And that's why you just don't ask no. and you don't say mm-hmm. anything. That's probably what we had going on yeah. here. So even if she was wearing tight shirts, which I that's what this person had said. Nobody was probably like, hey, what do you do? All up in your biz, yeah. Yeah. So some of the students that met them at their school said that they seemed very well adjusted. There was no reports or signs of missed classes or stress amongst the two of them during this time. So it, it seems that they carried on life as usual Throughout this time, they were going to classes, they were talking, you know, to, I don't know if they had made a lot of friends, but they were mingling and, you know, things seemed to be okay. 18 year olds in college. Not signs of them being withdrawn or, you know, those usual things we see when somebody's really stressed or depressed. Yes. They're just carrying on their lives. It sounds like the biggest problem that they had is when Amy's mother, I think it's Sonia or Sonia, it's S-O-N-Y-E. Is, hmm. is what I saw. But she had planned to go to Delaware for the homecoming um, the last month of the pregnancy. So oh. um, that was the biggest struggle because Amy was, I mean, nine. in her last yeah, eight, days. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, eight or nine months pregnant at this point in time. Nine months. Right. So that oh, was wow. that was the biggest uh, struggle that I had read about is that she didn't want, you know, her mom to see her in that no. you know, time. No. I do believe she was able to avoid it because parents did not know about this the entire time. Okay. The pregnancy at all. So somehow she was able to. She avoided that visit. Okay. She avoided the. Convince her not to come. Yes. Oh, that yeah, that, that would have given it away right then and there. Amy wrote Brian letters throughout the course of the pregnancy when they were away at college. And some of the letters that she wrote, she would indicate that she just wished this problem would disappear. 
And I really get the impression there was this sense of kind of denial going on during that time. Sure. Like, I just wish this would go away type mm-hmm. thing. Like, maybe I can wish it away. Yes. If I ignore it, it's that's not really, really happening. That's a really good way to describe it. I think that's what was going on. Just, I hope that this will just take care of itself and just go away. Mm-hmm. And I won't have to deal with facing it. And I don't think that she ever really did. Do you know if she went to the doctor? I don't think she did at all. Okay. And that I, was part of this, yeah. too. There, I, I didn't see any prenatal care. There was nothing. I think it was just life as usual. Okay. Like, yeah. I don't want to deal with this, and I it. hope it goes away. Yeah. Um, I, I know you're going to be shocked to hear this, but it did not go away. Oh. It did not. That's not how pregnancy works. It doesn't. It's so weird. So, needless to say, there was nothing. They didn't have anything for this baby. There was nothing. No birth plan. Well, no right. clothes. No, you know, there was nothing, like... She in was, preparation for this baby. Yeah. And it sounds like she didn't even mentally or emotionally prepare for the fact that it is going to shoot out of her body at some point in time. Exactly. In a rigorous, painful way. I think they just went about life thinking... We'll deal with it when it, when it when, comes. Mm-hmm. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. So okay. that is what they did. Damn. I can't <clears throat> mentally... I can't imagine being in that mental state. Like, your body changes so much the last trimester sleeping and breathing Mm -hmm. and functioning is so difficult sometimes living is hard because this child's consuming your body everyday living is difficult like small things like getting your whale ass out of bed Mm -hmm. is hard so I can't imagine being able to disassociate enough to just ignore it and not, I know, not, you know, and the way that it moves and it's, it's, it, you know, inside you. And it's so, it's beautiful when you, when you're wanting uh, it, wanting and it, yes. it. Absolutely. and there's times where it's extremely painful too. like get your foot out of my rib and oh my God, what is that pressure in my asshole? Yes. Like it's just, <laughs> or so oh terrible. my gosh, I can't get my shoes on because my yep. feet are like small sausages. Yes. Yeah. You know, those types of things. I and she's probably imagine. I don't I don't know what her body, you know, was like at that time. I don't know what she'd went through, but I can't imagine going through that either and just, you know, not acknowledging mm-hmm. it. I don't believe that she talked to anybody about this except for those letters back and forth to Brian, which they weren't together no. all the time because they were hours away. So my and impression is she went through this essentially by herself. Alone. Not nobody a- to talk to about it. Nobody so to. So she's not attaching to the baby either. No. That's a huge problem by completely ignoring it. <laughs> There's so many things with this case. When I read it, so many things on my mind. Of course, the what ifs. Like, what if she would have just had somebody to talk to, mm-hmm. even to process options with, you know? Right. Just went to the doctor once. Yep. Yeah. So lots of lots of things, but I mean, she essentially went through this pregnancy and didn't have a lot of no support, no support, and no. It doesn't sound like there was even like a what am I going to do? What should I do? It was just a eh, okay. You know, I hope yeah. it goes away. Right, right. But there was nothing else that yeah. I could find as far as planning. So about twelve forty five a.m. on November twelfth of nineteen ninety six, Amy Grossberg's water broke, and apparently at this this time, this also gets me. She didn't know what was happening. She did not know what was going on. Okay. So she probably thought she wet herself. Probably. and Because it does feel like that. She did. That is actually a quote that she had made to Brian that oh. she thought she had Peter pants. Okay. And yeah. it does. I, that right. happened to me. And yep. it does feel like you literally just wet yourself. Yep. 
Sure does. But if you didn't know what was going on. Right. And that there's even a such a thing as a water breaking. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously she didn't prepare. Write she didn't anything. educate herself. Right. Read anything. Yeah. She didn't. She also she, did not write. She didn't anything. write any journals. No. No. She. I, that was the other indicator that, okay, she did not know what was going on and just basically played this out, didn't really think about anything yeah. or read about pregnancy at all. Um, so, yeah, she didn't know what was happening, but she did contact Brian at the time okay. because she thought she might have been going into labor. I believe her contractions started, and so she was like, okay, it's yeah. probably time. According to some of the police reports, though, when she did call Brian, she said her stomach was bothering her, and she thought maybe she was in labor. So there there was still some uncertainty maybe. about what was going on. Diarrhea, baby coming yeah. out. Not real sure. One of the two. We okay. We're not sure. So after he picked her up, he, he drove immediately the three hours to to her okay. uh, college and he and he picked her up so they drove around looking for cheap hotels and oh my god they were you know trying to decide on a place to go before they they decided to go to the comfort inn sure it sounds promising it, it sounds i mean its so name shady. is the comfort Inn. it is i mean why you know, wouldn't you pick right, that one right <laughs> practically screams laboring yes know. come it's very comfortable yeah. here very accommodating so they checked in about 3 a.m. at the Comfort Inn, and about an hour later, Amy Grossberg gives birth to uh, a baby, a baby boy, and around 5 a.m., so they're there two hours, okay. uh, around a little under two hours, um, they check out of the hotel and they return to their dorm rooms. They went back to her dorm room. They slept for a couple hours before Brian Peterson drives back to Gettysburg. Oh, my gosh. I know you have questions about what happened. I'm sitting here so patiently. Amy Grossberg delivered an unnamed child that was born on November 12th of 1996. The only evidence left when they checked out of the hotel was a gray plastic bag that was in the dumpster behind the motel. Life carries on. They actually, they stopped at the car wash. They cleaned the car out. I don't know if it was to get rid of evidence. I'm not really sure or if it was just like, well, back to not back to usual, you know. Wow, they went to a car wash. They went on with life as if nothing happened. And so, from what I read, they almost got away with it. They felt like they were almost in the clear. Amy Grossberg's dorm mates later said that they didn't notice anything had changed with her, no change in demeanor. No indication that she'd given birth. Like nobody what? knew that this had happened when she when she'd left. Oh my gracious! One of the roommates said there was really no change. It was the same Amy. But later That's that day, how detached she was. Uh, yeah. It. Can you imagine? She's gone maybe for the night. Comes back just normal. Like no, you know. And no, because my brain does not disassociate like that. No, and wow. I don't know. I guess I'm not clear. It, it sounds like they knew she was pregnant. And no one asked, like, so, hey. Like, hey, what happened? Where's the baby? You know, I know sometimes when you give birth, your stomach does not of course. go back down quickly. Yeah. So maybe there was no change physically but, that they noticed. I mean, it's definitely not hard in protruding anymore. Right. It's now a soft, shitty feeling. Yeah. Like, you, you totally feel worst. like a piece of shit you afterwards. <laughs> it is the worst. But apparently she, did, she didn't even indicate that she had felt like a piece of shit afterwards. Hmm. She just came back just and was fine. Voila. Okay. But later that day, about 5 p.m., Amy Grossberg began to complain of stomach pains, and she slumped over on the floor of her dorm room. 
She had turned very pale and blood was seeping into her pants. Mm-hmm. Her roommate went running down in the hall for help and someone called an ambulance. When Grossberg arrived at the Christiana Hospital in Wilmington, doctors discovered that the baby's placenta had not passed through her uterus oh, during the delivery, okay. which was causing complications. Yep. Which, I can't, oh my God, I can't imagine. And again, she did not educate herself, so she, she did, did not, not know to look for the placenta shortly after the baby's born. Mm-hmm. She had probably no idea what was going on, Mm -hmm. so she just went back to life as usual, not knowing what had happened. So she finally broke down when she was at the hospital, and she told doctors about the motel birth that she had had, and she had told them about her uh, boyfriend's role in disposing of the baby. So the police in Delaware, they began to investigate immediately. They found damp and bloody sheets, clothes, and sanitary napkins in Amy's room, which, again, I don't know how no one knew what was going on. I remember my college dorm. Yeah. It, I could it not is have. It's the size of our studio. It really, yes, it was. You know. If I had bloody sheets in there, I mean, somebody would have My roommate's going to notice. Unless they were gone. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know. I'm not blaming them, of course. But it's just, it's hard for me yeah. to. To really comprehend, like, oh my gosh, how did they not know? Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, when this is happening, Brian Peterson had went back to his dorm dorm room and he began to kind of lose it. Okay, and he snapped. Um, a couple a couple hours after returning, he confided in one of the student residents that he had helped his girlfriend give birth. Oh, okay, and they had gotten rid gotten rid of the child. Oh, okay. so he, I think was he's got much more of a conscience. He's not as, dis- of course, she's had nine months of growing this baby to mm-hmm. detach from it. So he's now in this stage of like, what this was a reality. I mm-hmm. I, I, that's the impression I get too, is that after the fact, he really, you know, was starting to, this was starting to all come to reality for him. Yes. Like, oh my God, what, yeah. what the hell did we do? Right. Well, you know, that moment, the first time that you see your child and it, it does like, it's supposed to be this beautiful yeah. I have never loved anything any more than this tiny human right here. And, but for them, I, for him, I bet it was like, holy shit, this is, and, and maybe it's he, real. Yeah. And maybe it was real. Like maybe for him, you know, he did get emotions attached to it immediately and then he felt remorse. Have. You know, I just, I can't imagine. I just can't imagine. This. I know. And I think part of it too is we, had talked about that sense of denial and not dealing with it as it was happening. I think once that baby came, they were seriously like, oh, my God, what Yeah, what do we do? Yeah. I mean, even wanting a baby, you feel that way a little bit once it's finally here and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, here it is. And I'm. it's a great feeling, but there is this sudden like, um, oh, reality check. It's oh, real. it's a real. Yeah, there's <laughs> this like, it's a substantial thing that I can now see and feel and touch and you know what I mean? I like, do. I don't know if I'm describing it correctly. No, that's, but. I I remember having that moment of, I mean, it's an amazing moment, but it, it is also like, oh my gosh, this is like reality now. And I love that I got to witness your moment. You did. I was Amber's, Amber's birth doula. Yes, I was there. And baby was born. But can you imagine like not knowing about no. that or talking about it and not knowing what to do? And then having that reality set in. Nobody there so, to help you with mm-mm. the the care the right medically just right nobody nothing oh so investigators actually found a bag of bloody sheets in brian's dorm room as well so really? i don't know if those were from the hotel, hotel. that they okay. had they probably took them i would imagine you know. in his car was a receipt from the white glove car wash stamped 
uh, with the time of 11.28 a.m. It was the next day. I would imagine they were cleaning the car because it sounds like she was bleeding, bleeding pretty bad. And if the placenta didn't attach, she would be. So it was that, probably yep. a really bad mess. Yes, yes. That sanitary napkins aren't going to be able to keep up with. Yeah, And Good she point. had no way of knowing that that's not normal to... Mm-hmm. To be bleeding that profusely. Being so young, too, I don't know if you would. I mean, would it cross your mind like, oh, my gosh, I'm, you know, I could bleed to death no, or right, I, I don't exactly. know that, that no. they had that thought either. Right. Well, and, and and maybe she assumed. I mean, it is normal. Obviously, you bleed for quite some time mm-hmm. after all our men listening are like gagging like, right Ugh. now. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Sorry. But. You know, so for her, she just would have no way of knowing what's a normal amount and what's not. You're right. She probably was like, okay, this is prob- this is part of what happens, yeah. and I'll just let it mm. play out. So Pencil- Pennsylvania officials held Peterson on misdemeanor charges of concealing the death of a baby, but they were forced to release him because the alleged crime occurred in another state, and they had oh. no evidence to hold him. Okay. So Peterson disappeared after that. He he went into hiding. Hiding. And meanwhile, police in Delaware had discovered the baby's corpse. After Amy had come clean about what happened, they started searching. They started looking for this baby that she gave birth to. So they did find the baby in the dumpster. The sad part. So they found the baby shaken to death with his (gasps) skull and brain crushed. No. Yep. So that's where this takes a turn of. Oh, yeah, because I We're thought, not just, this isn't just scared. Oh, my gosh, let's throw this baby in the dumpster. Like, they made sure that That's what I thought this case was, mm-hmm. was just we left it in the dumpster and it didn't survive. Yeah. Oh, my this God. Is the, this is the part that really makes this case. You have such a deep look of, I like, do. hatred and anger. I and do. Confusion. Oh, uh. This is probably why yeah. I don't know much about this case because I tend not to read about infant uh, deaths. They just get They're me. They're so hard. In my CPS days, I still have PTSD from it. And so I just. Mm-hmm. Uh. Well, the original story that the two of them had told police after this all started to unfold, after Amy had to go to the hospital, they told police that the baby had been born dead. Of course. So, they all tell, they all tell that Song and it, originally, dance. they the the two of them stuck together as a couple, and they stuck with that story that the baby was a stillborn, and they didn't know what to do, so they put it in the dumpster right. and panicked. Hi, dumbasses! An autopsy is going to show differently. And you lead me into that very topic. The autopsy was completed after they found the baby's body mm-hmm. a couple days later, and it did indicate the ba- the baby had died of multiple skull fractures, with an injury to the brain, blunt force head trauma, and shaking. So that is what actually caused the death. The baby was born completely he- healthy. Oh, yeah. He was. The um, other way they can tell is by the lungs. If they've taken a, yep. a breath. If they've breathed yep. or not breathed. Breathe. They've I breathed. Whatever. I think it is a word. Yeah. I think yeah. it is. It's fine. We'll go with it. But yes, they were able to tell this baby was born completely fine. He was six pounds, two ounces, oh. 20 inches long. He was. Just a perfect, beautiful, healthy baby. After this had come out with the autopsy, that's where the things, you know, start to crumble because their story is not lining up and yep. it does not make sense. It's nope, obviously they're lying. Like somebody else could have raised this baby happily for you. I know. That's the part that gets me. Like there are so many options. So she was uh, in the hospital for five days when, when she went in having the complications after the birth. 
And so she was released. So upon release, apparently she looked like a hot mess. It described her as looking pale and eerie in a hooded sweatshirt. I mean, she lost so much blood and that could have killed her. Not having the placenta detached. So So she was probably looking She definitely wasn't feeling good, that's for sure. So when she was released, they did charge her with first degree murder Mm -hmm. after they had found, you know, the autopsy. They were piecing this together. The Delaware Attorney General M. Jane Brady announced that because the victim was younger than fourteen, the state planned to actually seek the death penalty against these two. Okay. They weren't playing around. Nope. We're not gonna no. They shook a baby to death, and and they had I don't somehow hit it. It never comes out of how they what they used. Never does for the blunt object. I will give you that heads up that it remains a mystery as to who did it. Okay, and and what what was used. And you know, it's probably better that I don't know because I already hate him enough. I know. I know it's this is a hard one. So facing the prospect of death, Brian Peterson went deeper into hiding. So oh, he I'm was sure. still MIA. Yeah, they he, have Amy. They he went into the depths of the devil's anus to hide. It, I'm sure <laughs> that's I think exactly where he was. Right. Shelley was probably hiding yes. him in. We have we the have anal a lot cavity. of perpetrators that yeah, are that are hiding in there. In Satan's anus. So there was actually a national manhunt for Brian uh, when all of this. Oh yes, I went love down. a national manhunt. I, they are exciting. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. OJ Simpson. Yes. I mean, it's uh. just a thrill. Meanwhile, with this case, this was a big deal. Like I said, they're from a really yeah great well to do. This stuff does not mm-hmm. happen. Mm-mm. Like I said at the beginning. We're not dealing with people that grew up in poverty that had to rough it and right and had no fend for themselves. Like these are privileged yeah. kids, yep. and this doesn't happen in their parts. So this really made national headlines. There was outrage about this case. I'm um, sure, rightfully so. I mean, honestly, there should be outrage when it happens in in other economic circumstances as well, because there's so many options readily available, but. It's just even worse when it's like you had access to prenatal care. You had access. And good care probably. Yes, you know. exactly. And you had access to support that many other parts of the world do not. And yeah. so this is so senseless. It, it is. And so there was two things going on, you know, as this case was being Unfolding. exposed. You know, the tabloids were saying like, how could they? How cruel? Their neighbors were like. Oh my gosh. Oh, they I'm were the sure. sweetest kids. Mm-hmm. One of the quotes said, um, this was a neighbor of Amy's. She the quote was, She was the sweetest girl you ever met. It's like Barbie getting busted. <laughs> <laughs> and it probably really it was. Yes, absolutely. East Coast Barbie getting busted. Peterson's lawyer, he tried to soften the the client's baby killer image. In the uh, face of the, you know, they were facing the death penalty. So he announced that Peterson wasn't fleeing. It was the seclusion. Um, He was in seclusion with his mother. Oh, suck a ball, man. That is not what's happening. It says, true, the family had considered secret him, secreting him to a different country without... They did consider fleeing him to another country. Yes, they did say that. Not secluding, assholes. One of the quotes was, how can I give my only born child to the state to die? So they, like, so he tried to soften that image of he, that Brian was Brian's taking off. It was not, his, his family, family was hiding is protecting him. him. Mm. There are consequences, and you don't murder 
and I can't imagine, I mean, my heart truly breaks for any mother that has had to face yes. their child doing something yes. to this nature. Yes, because I mean, you still love them no matter what. Absolutely. Would I have moments of like, what am I going to do? You know, yeah. what should we do? Right. Of course, but yeah. to hide my child. To, I, oh, right, oh. to open, I know. And, yeah. and now you're an accessory mm-hmm. too. I mean, it's just, that's a tough one. Like my heart breaks for her, but to go public with like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to help him flee from this. And your only child too. When that quote, how can I give my only only born child Mm -hmm. to the state today? I get it. I do. I I only have one child as well, you know. Right. But at the. I can't imagine. But. I don't know. At the same token, could the sentence be lesser or, you know, could we take the death penalty off the table if there's some accountability happening here? I don't know. Well, adjust your shorts because I'm about to tell you. All right. All right. I got it. So the, the feds were basically, they were threatening to step their game up at this point because they're not backing down. Yeah. Trying to find him. Right. They're going to find him. him. He murdered a baby. So he does end up coming to terms with, you know, I probably should go turn myself Mm -hmm. in. So the night before surrendering, Peterson and his family, they had moved to an undisclosed hotel in Wilmington area. It was reported that he spent the evening praying. And I would, sir. I would. Right. At, at 9.30 a.m. That, on that Thursday, he did um, have his parents drive him to the uh, local FBI office to turn to turn himself in. So one of the articles I read, it said the blue-eyed teen wore a baseball cap, blue jeans, a T-shirt, the antithesis of a rich boy's jacket and tie. So interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. And I feel for his parents being the they ones do. that had to take him to go turn himself in. Mm-hmm. They also... But they, like they murder. If you think about being in his parents' position, he murdered their grandchild. Yeah. I just... Oh. When you put it that way... Yeah. They had to have been going through so much. Yeah. Un- unless they're... We need to cover this up because we're better than this you know, sort of thing and had the same detachment. And I, don't I really know. wonder what the thought process was. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't get a lot on yeah, that. I don't, I don't want to make assumptions because not every, all wealthy people think like that no. either. Of course. But, but you just, it, it, you know. yeah, yeah. It's, it's curious. So even though it was really hard for the, the family, Brian did turn himself into the FBI and his parents went with him and his parents, they had went with him. They okay. drove him to, to the FBI mm-hmm. to, to, you know, basically hand him over. And so then, you know, we're going to jump ahead to the trial okay. uh, and um, them yep. going to court. At the time, Brian was actually worried about some death threats. Uh, there was, like we had talked about, an outrage uh, yeah. with this case, and there were people apparently waiting, mobs of people. Oh, I'm sure. They were yelling baby killers mm-hmm. and um, well, not being nice, is. shouting. Of course. They were trying mobs to get to Mobs are rarely, rarely nice, yeah. Amber. <laughs> they're, they're not usually peaceful, that is for sure. And did I mention he had a bulletproof vest no. that he had, he had gotten from the FBI okay, at the so, time? So the police are worried about his safety as well at this point in time. Yes. Ironic. I always find it ironic when we're worried about murderers' safety. I know. And their lives. It's, it's got to be a hard place for the po- the police to be, Definitely. too. It's like you did this horrible crime, mm-hmm. and 
We have to protect you, you from the public. You didn't protect that baby's life, but we're going to protect your life. Only your heart, though, with this bulletproof vest. If somebody gets a shot off yeah. at your head, <laughs> if, it's, if it, it goes is what to your it head, is. you're on your own, right. sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. But we have this vest for you. So the family, they moved slowly through a mass of about 50 people. They were pushing and shouter, shouting, and uh, Brian's mother still clung to him, clung to his arm tightly. Sure. I really, really feel for her. I'm not going to lie. I can't help but really feel bad for her. I do. And I I can't imagine. That's horrible for him and her and her dad. Uh Excuse me, his dad. So when they were inside, the judge asked uh, him to confirm that his name was Brian Peterson. He just said one word. He said yes. And the judge asked how the client would would plead. And Hurley, uh, his attorney, responded that he, they were going to take the position that he did not murder the baby. Okay. The... I don't mean to laugh at this part, but the defense, they were not taking any chances. So they, uh, the teen's lawyers, they hired Dr. Michael Baden, which is a well-known forensic pathologist who testified for O.J. Simpson at his um, murder trial. Okay. (laughs) The glove doesn't fit. This is 96. (laughs) The glove does not fit. So this is fresh off from money, Mm -hmm. you know. Oh, yeah. One of the possible arguments that they tried to present is that that rather than beating the baby to death, they were scared and they accidentally crushed the baby's skull um, in the delivery process. They didn't know what they were doing. They were panicked. Oh, my God. Okay. You know, it, that could still get a manslaughter conviction sure. and they would avoid the death penalty. So I think that was their best case scenario in this situation. It was obvious the baby had been killed. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to get. How like, do you explain the, the shaking? Exactly. So, sorry, shaking did not happen during delivery. So, I feel like even with the OJ's, you know, right. right-hand man, yes. I still think they were grasping. Yep, most certainly. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like they had utensils that they were using to deliver right. the baby that would have crushed the skull. Exactly. So, one thing that the that did happen, the couple, they were originally sticking together on this. It, it was a stillborn, you know, they were they were supporting each other they did start to turn on each other sure through this because process someone had to go down for murder yes and i, I think once they realized that mm-hmm. it was it was every man for himself yeah. so God, this is ugly it is it's hideous <sighs> it really is it's a horrible horrible situation so in march of 1998 so this is over the span of two years that this you know oh yeah court proceedings was, don't happen overnight mm-hmm. right and i don't know if i mentioned but it didn't it did not take long in the beginning for this to unravel from the, the time that they had the baby at the Comfort Inn mm-hmm. to when they got caught. It was about five days. So okay. it did not take them long. No. I mean, she went to the hospital. Yep. That's really when Really where so. the investigation started. Yep. So then we have two years of this, you know, the court stuff going on. Oh, my on. gosh. Brian Peterson, he decided to take a plea deal because he agreed to, to testify against Amy. And they took the death penalty off the table. And they table. took the death mm-hmm. penalty off the table, and he was actually um, able to plead guilty to the, the manslaughter charge oh. in agreement to testify against because, her. Because, frankly, how are they going to prove which one of them actually carried out the murder? Uh-huh. Okay. In addition to his initial claims, he stated that Amy had tried, he had tried to get Amy to go to the hospital, and she absolutely <laughs> refused he said that when the baby was born, she demanded that he get rid of it immediately. He said that she basically screamed, like, get rid of it. Yeah. You know, like, I want yeah. this baby gone. And okay. so that was his testimony. And um, when Amy Grossberg 
heard Peterson's testimony, she agreed to a plea bargain as well. So she didn't necessarily Mm -hmm. dispute what he was saying. Okay. On April 22nd of 1998, she admitted to unintentionally causing the death of the infant. She said that she and Peterson never had planned to kill the baby. Um, I guess I question that because it's like, what were you going to do? What is get rid of it? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And throwing it in a dumpster. You went You went to a hotel to have it. You Instead had, of a hospital. You hadn't told your family. Right. You were in denial the whole, whole time. Like, what yep. was your what, plan? Right, exactly. What did you mean? Were you going to leave it on a doorstep? Why right. didn't you just do that then? That was an option. Exactly. I mean, like, no, I'm sorry, but and get rid of it, telling him to get rid of it and then subsequently doing so. Mm-hmm. No, you there was you were also, trying to hide this the entire time. Yes. There was some worry from the lawyers because they were going to use pictures of the baby's head to display. And I sure. don't I don't know that they were able to do that because the attorneys were worried it would lead to more severe charges and penalties. Yeah, definitely. Rightfully which, so, yeah. because that's exactly what they did to it. So I need you to strap in. Okay. Because I'm this is like the part so that I just, I, I have no words. I can't really process it. When we get to the part of sentencing, you know, but they both took the plea deals. Mm-hmm. They they both were able to get the manslaughter charges. So I don't know if it was OJ's man at, at work or what. Right. But when Brian Peterson mm-hmm. was sentenced, he got two years in prison. What? I'm sorry. I just blew out everyone's eardrum. What? What are you telling me right now? Shut your face. I can't, I can't. I can't even. I have nothing like that's. I've had substance abuse clients who need serious treatment. You were going to say that I, have I need substances to abuse. That too. <laughs> two years. Uh, two uh, years. And here is drug, the other part. Like seriously, addicts get more uh-huh. serious punishments. I know of a, a few that did that have. And they are, and I apologize if I didn't mention this, but obviously, like, they're adults. I mean, they, yeah. well, yeah, because they they're were in 18. college. Yeah, they're You 18, guys all yeah. knew that. But yeah. they're 18. I mean, I mean, they are. Isn't it beautiful what money can buy you? And isn't it? I mean, I can't wow. help but go to that as well. Like, the, yep. sorry. You paid the price to yep. get, you know, that's, that's where my mind went with this as well, because two years is not a long time. Mm-mm. And wait for it. So, Amy Grossberg was to be held to a more, um, harsher punishment because she essentially confessed to okay. not to killing the baby, but more of the involvement, like giving birth to the baby like, and hiding it. Yes. So, and with <laughs> like, his testimony, you know, yeah, I, against it, her, it, there was a little bit more, I guess. Okay. They had more her. meat. So she was sentenced to two and a half years. Oh, so six months more is her harsher punishment. They really six were months. cracking the hammer down. On this one. Listen. Is it, is it this hard? The justice to system needs to be embarrassed. Embarrassed. I, These two struggle. morons murdered an infant. Yes, they did. And there was no question of that. That's no. the part that's yeah, hard. Yeah, exactly. Like, like it was blatantly obvious. So uh, those pictures weren't used then in the jury. Uh, they to show them have been. Because it would have just really painted them in a bad light mm-hmm. you think yeah because they're murderers i mean they got out a couple years later if i mean if we figure they're 18 19 live the rest know. of their life and you know what you know what i hope for them i hope that they fell in love with other people went on to have families because 
Once they're actually attached to a child and raising a child, they'll really that fucking know you. what they did. That that's gotta haunt. I mean, Good. unless you have no soul at all, that's gotta haunt someone. I feel so passionately about how much I hate these people right now. Like that, isn't it? Hard? This wrecked me. I am, Two years? I am sorry for wrecking you, but that's the part of this case that was so hard for me. Um, that poor child. You know, didn't ask to be born, and no. it ju- died a horrible death. Horrible death. Mm. Wow. Perfectly healthy. Yep. Could have just been raised and lived a beautiful life with other people who can't have children or who were just willing to, you know, adopt. Oh. I know. It's this is a this is so a tough senseless. one. Um, while while Amy Grossberg was in prison, she was held in. She had to be held in isolation for a while because they were afraid that. Of course, yeah. The that you know, people that are people that are in there with a lesser of a crime for longer than her would maybe mm-hmm. offer. Yeah, I'd be a little resent resentful too. Plus, yep. you're a baby killer, mm-hmm. so she was protected when she when she got of there. Of course, and you know they they knew she was going to be an easy target. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yes, <laughs> and you know, especially if you'd been smoking marijuana or something and you got stuck in there for three or four years or longer this rich teenager comes in yeah i could see how she'd be an easy target (laughs) so once once they were convinced that she was not in danger they did move her to the general population Mm. so she did hope it was still miserable for her yeah they, they she did spend some time there but one of the um spokespersons for the delaware department of correction which is where she did her time they said that uh, Grossberg was a model prisoner. She earned 21 college credits, mostly in computer classes, while she was attending. Oh, how nice that she could advance herself Isn't while that she's hard in prison. Isn't that to swallow? Like, oh, yeah. I got to take some college I did. Classes. I get to come out of prison with a degree during the time in my life when I would have been going to college anyway. So my life's not set back in any sort of way. Yep. I still get my credits. Yeah. I get to focus on my school. She'll probably change her name at some point. Isn't so that, that just, it's just hard. Just gets to live this beautiful life when her it baby is does not. It that. is. It is. So along with academic courses, she also got to take some life skills classes and uh, she worked as a janitor. She life skills floors. like how not to be a garbage person. Right. <laughs> I know. Isn't that ironic? I had to add that in like, oh, okay. So now you get the life skills class. Yeah, exactly. That you could have used in fucking high school to learn. Yes. You now don't. you get the help with decision making. Yeah. And, you know, and saying that, you know, I so wish that she would have had that before. I do. So she was released from prison in May of 2000 after serving 22 months in prison. (laughs) She she didn't even serve her full two and a half years. She did not. Amber, walk right out of my house. I cannot (laughs) even handle this. I am going to pack up right now because (laughs) I just I'm done with this with these people. Um, She did have to complete. And here we go again. Five and a half months of parole. Wow. Uh-huh. Served two years probation and performed 300 hours of community service in New Jersey. Oh, five so, and a half months. In this five and a half months, you haven't gotten knocked up and killed a baby. So we're good here. Yeah, we're fine. It's fine. Just do your community service. And wow. it's fine. So Brian Peterson, he was released from prison in January of 2000 after serving 20 months of his sentence, his incarceration was reduced for good conduct and for um, the time he had served before sentencing because he had done some time before that. So he also had gotten out a little early. Of course. 
And so when Peterson was released in January, he issued a statement that he he said that he was sorry for his for what he called his part in the tragic events that occurred three years ago. Mm, you're My sorry. Bad. Sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. So a little bit of aftermath of this case because that's that is that's oh. the case. That is And so and you're gonna tell me now that there's harsher punishments for people who <laughs> kill and throw away their babies. <laughs> there wasn't for this people. But we used their case as an example of why there should be. Right? Is that so, what you're going to tell me? What I was going to tell you is that there was a bill passed from this case. <laughs> it's called Amy's Law. And I will tell you this. Why the hell is it in her name? Thank you. It's exactly what I was going to say. I feel like this baby should have been given a name. Yes. And it should have been named after that baby, not her. The mother. What? I think that's a bunch of BS if I ever heard any. Yeah. So it's called Amy's Law. Call it anything else except for the parents' names. Um, it's it's actually it's Amy's Law, and then they call it the New Jer- New Jersey Safe Haven Project. And so this introduced the other options for if you have a baby to safely place it somewhere mm-hmm. judge free. Yeah, like that, a fire station yes. or something like yep. that. So I guess I mean, but the, these things still happen mm-hmm. to this day, and that's. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the problem. So I think we need to look a little bit further ahead before we get to this point. But at least that's an option. You know, something, I guess, good did come out of that. This horrific thing happened. So we have options for people that don't want to keep the babies instead of murdering them. Right. Exactly. But. Call it the don't murder your baby law. Exactly. Yes. I, I don't. I don't love that it's called Amy's oh. Law. I think that's really just not. It's not appropriate. Um, it's not appropriate. At all. And I, I'm sure there's people out there that are like, oh, they were scared teenagers. They didn't know what to do. Blah, blah. They were grown-ass adults. They were and, adults. No. Sorry. And they had resources. And this support is. And re- for crying out loud, they could go have their pick and pick and choose what hotel they wanted to pay for to go have that baby mm-hmm. at 18 years old. And if they could afford OJ's attorney, they could Thank probably you. afford to, you know, adopt Have, this baby for out sure. to someone. Exactly. In a good home. So there's a book on this case. I didn't get a chance to actually read it because it, it was only in paperback. I couldn't get the Kindle okay. edition in time, but I did read some, some of it. And so the author of that book is Doug Most. And he said that, this is a quote from him, this case sparked a debate about how parents and their teenagers fail to communicate about sex and the dangerous consequences that can result. Mm-hmm. And I agree yeah. with him on this case. Like I said, yes, this law had had passed, but going rewinding back further, there was no conversation about this pregnancy. Yeah. I don't know what they knew about sex or pregnancy. It doesn't right. sound like a whole lot. Like right. Those are the things that we're missing here. Nobody yep. preventing they obviously pregnancy. didn't feel okay, and I'm not shaming their parents in any way, but they didn't feel okay having those conversations. Right, exactly. And my, my heart just can't help but wonder, what if they would have? Yeah. What if right. they would have been able to talk to their parents or even somebody about this pregnancy? Right. It could have gone differently. Absolutely. If somebody was just like, hey, there's options. Like, you don't yeah. have to murder this child. Right. Or even presenting, preventing the pregnancy to begin with. Like they're adults, they're going away to college, having those conversations about being safe and all of those things, which back in the 90s was not a thing. I mean, it really, really wasn't. Planned Parenthood has done a lot to to bring forth making those conversations more normal with our teenagers nowadays. Uh And this this book actually 
interesting you mentioned Planned Parenthood, this book that's called Always in Our Hearts about this case. It is a book that Planned Parenthood recommends that teenagers read. Oh, okay. Because this is the stuff that happens when we don't talk about sex and pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's exactly what happened with these two. They didn't talk about it. They didn't want to deal with it. The debate remains, were these two teenagers that were just so scared of the shame and the guilt and the pressure mm-hmm. for their prestigious families or were they just heartless selfish right. people that this baby inconvenienced them and yep. they didn't want to deal yep. with it deal with it and i or is it a combination of both of them and that's another point is it a combination of both i feel like it is a little bit of a combination of yep. both i don't know that at 18 you realize the seriousness of the consequences no. of what you are doing and i don't know that they thought that through right i would like to think and that they, they totally didn't... thought they were going to get away with it And that's the other part. I think they, I can't help but think they did Mm -hmm. believe that they had, they were in the clear. Yep. So some aftermath, if you would like to know about the two of them, which you probably don't really. Right. (laughs) I really don't give a shit about these two crap bags, but okay. So I lose uh, information after about 2004. It doesn't sound like they've been in the spotlight Mm -hmm. all that much, which that's good. Right. But so uh, Brian Peterson had located from Wyckoff with his mother and stepfather to Jupiter, Florida. So he moved down to Florida and he works. um, He was working for his family's video company, which I I don't know if the company is still going because (laughs) we don't do a lot of video rentals anymore. Exactly. (laughs) I don't know. He did get married to a a college student. He I'm assuming went back to college. Mm-hmm. So he did remarry. Amy Grossberg, she started her own company, actually, after she got out of prison. It's, it was called Just Because Invitation. So it was like making custom cards. Mm-hmm. And one of the articles had a little bit of a snarky comment ab- about that she now makes cards for baby, baby announcements. Yeah, yeah. Isn't and that? And probably baby showers. Isn't and that ironic? Those. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it sounded like the company did fairly well. Like she sold the cards in some high end Oh, of course, because she had money to mm-hmm. make those connections and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yada, yada. But I don't know if she's still doing that today. I'm not really sure. But right. that was about 2004 when she was doing this business. And so she had moved back with her parents at that time. I don't know anything oh, I'm sure after that. Mommy and daddy's money helped mm-hmm. get her launched with get her the business. business. Yeah, I don't care. It sounds like she, right? Like I'm not even, we're not even like, going to like I don't spend even time. give a shit. I don't want to even see the cards. No, me neither. I do want to make sure cards, that I do. I know. But not though. But I want to, what's the name of the company? I want to make sure I don't ever it is accidentally use it. Right. right. Just because. Oh, you did say that. Yeah, just because. So apparently she also did some speaking to teens after she was released. Mm, how kind from- of her prison but there were mixed reviews on that from some of the parents and the teens uh some reported that there was they really didn't see like that she had a lot of remorse for what she right. had done that and, does not surprise me. and the story itself is just really disturbing yeah. and so the it's hard to take advice from someone who murdered yeah, her baby don't do what i did yeah oops well, if Don't I'm a teen shake and bash your infant's child infant child's head to yeah. death yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, make I good don't. choices, kids. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> good choices, kids. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like, if I was somebody in that audience, I'd be like, I'm sorry, who the fuck are you to mm-hmm. give me advice? And if you're sitting- And you're not a motivational speaker, bitch. You're a murderer mm-hmm. who didn't get any time because any time. mommy and daddy had money. Yep. So, yeah, I don't have any- I, I don't care to hear your words you're spewing. 
Exactly. Ugh. And I think that kind of rubbed people the wrong way. Yeah, it's rubbing of, me real hard the wrong way. I mean, if you're hearing somebody talk about this case, like, this is what I did, and there's and you're not getting the remorse from it. Right, it's like, but also think about it. You know she's minimizing and downplaying. Well, I had a baby, and I was scared, and I didn't know what to do, and the baby died. And that's That the, sounds a yes. lot different than, I had this baby. I told my boyfriend to get rid of it. We shook it, and when that didn't work, then we... We crushed its head. That sounds a lot different. You're exactly right because that is literally one of the comments that was made is that she, they, people felt like she had downplayed and minimized mm-hmm. what she had actually right. done when she was speaking out about it. Yeah, because if you're going to stand up there to be a motivational speaker, mm-hmm. how are you going to present what happened? Exactly. Not with the cold, hard truth. So because it's brutal and hard for people to hear. But yeah. th- but those are the facts. I feel like her um I don't know what the intention was of like I I want to do, you know, be motivational speaker. I don't know what the intention was, but it backfired for yeah, sure. Yeah. It didn't she's go just well. she's trying to spin herself in a more positive light and be, I think this bitch likes the attention, honestly. It could like, and, and no that one's going to feel sorry for you. I'm like, sorry. Oh, maybe I should speak to the kids, but I, even as an adult it's hard to read that. Can you imagine being a teenager no. actually seeing her in also, person? Also, I would have been seriously pissed if one of my teenagers had been in that audience. I would not have allowed like if schools are bringing her in or whatever, uh-huh. I would have had some serious problems with my child having to sit there with a cold-hearted murderer and listen to them give life advice that would be a really intense uh I don't think that I mean that would be hard for me to sit through yeah let alone and especially knowing how they did not have a tough sentence at all I mean two in two and a half years and not even serve all of it come on isn't that hard to swallow it's it is no. That's the hardest part of this whole it, thing. It is to me, too. Yep. Like, because, okay, serve your debt to society. You know, whatever. But that's, you, they didn't even do that. This poor baby's life literally was created and taken for nothing. Like, oh. And I don't, I mean, I think it's a great idea that this book is put out there for people to read. But to me, that's the part of this that was just, like, this was so preventable. Mm-hmm. And even if mm-hmm. you didn't, you know, want to keep the baby. So senseless. It was just, I mean, there's so there were so many more even options. Even in 96, mm-hmm. there's so many more options. And, you know, and just, I mean, they have to live with this, too, the rest of their lives. Yes. That they were either so scared or whatever, so in such denial that they they didn't, know to to look for other options and they went this route which was yeah. just so brutal yeah and they have to live with that too and yeah. that would be awful i don't know that right. i would want to live with that no right exactly you know? well that's what i was meaning earlier when it sounds like obviously he went off and got married i'm sure she did too i'm sure they have children now and i hope that every day when they look at their kids they think of how senseless and and realize the consequences of what they the and horribleness I, of what they really I can't did imagine that they don't yeah you know and i guess if they don't then that shows their total lack of remorse and what kind of people they really are. Mm-hmm. Ugh, it's icky. Isn't that a? Isn't that yeah. just? It's a lot. It is a lot. It's a heavy I don't one. like it. I know. Do you I have, know. Do you have a brain bath? This brain bath that I'm going to share with you today, it just brings me a lot of joy. Okay. Um, as I as I read it, <laughs> the the title of this article, brought to us by Oxygen.com, is. Visibly proud Florida man calls 911 for a ride home repeatedly. Now, when they say visibly proud, I'm going to show you why. Okay. And I think we need to post this okay. one because it's rare. It is rare that you find a man 
with a Florida <gasps> state tattoo in between his eyebrows. There it is, glaring at us. And it looks uh, like Florida. It, Florida is well represented it's, on his bean. It for is sure. literally the state of Florida in between. He his, his is the Florida man. Yes. And they actually make reference to that in this article. <laughs> it says, by, by now most people have heard about the Florida man joke. It seems like every headline features the word, uh, featuring the words Florida man are, fo- are followed by something pretty bizarre and yeah. crazy. <laughs> and it says, one Florida man, however, didn't let the jokes about his state Diminishes pride. Matthew Lethem is the the gentleman that I just showed you. He was arrested because he misused nine one one. Oh, um, and I can't be mad at happen. him for this. Um, he needed a ride home. Okay, That's, he was trying to get home. All the taxis were booked, so he called nine one one repeatedly. Couldn't walk, asking for okay. A ride. Wow, he they was- have cars. He had some marijuana Jesus. on him, and so they did arrest oh. him for misusing 911. He called 911 while he had marijuana yes, on him? Yes, he did. Oh, you know, tattooing a state on his forehead isn't the only ballsy thing he does. It sounds like the arrest. So the arresting officer um, initially offered to help him get a taxi after the first sure. 911 call. But no, no, no. no. We're not doing a taxi. We have standards. I was just going to say. <laughs> We ride in style so with the police. He refused, and then he, he kept walking and then called 911 again. Was he under substances at this time? That's a good question, and I it doesn't say that he was, but I well, don't. if it was all in his pocket, I, I guess not. I can't help but wonder if there was maybe, if that Something. was a factor. But this, I love that, the, so the same officer did then arrest him after oh. he kept calling 911. <laughs> You're still like, calling I'm standing next to you. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, he just turns around, like, around the block. He's like, listen, I offered you a ride, but now I'm going to have to take you in. Right. You're so. going to get a ride, but it's <laughs> yeah. going to be to the police station, yeah. not to your residence, sir. Thank you. I think we should post that. The that tattoo. picture is it's, amazing. It's wonderful. Send it to me. I'll post it. I, I will do that. I'll do it now because yes. I don't want to forget. Uh, I mean, the people I don't need want to see this. They do. They do. <laughs> that is crazy. So that's your that's your brain Thank bath you for today. For All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as you can enjoy two shit bags who murdered their own uh, baby. Yes. But um Follow us on social media, like and share us, tell all your friends about us. That really helps us. Um, right, if you write a review on wherever you're listening from, we will enter you into our August drawing for a fun goodie bag from us. Yay. There's going to be some merch in there and all kinds of stuff. So do that, and we'll announce a winner in August. And until then, we hope that you keep it curious and, you know, keep listening, everybody. Please, please do. We'll talk to you Thursday. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.